Thanks for downloading this week's podcast from Crossroads. We are glad you took the time to listen. As you tune in today, if you need encouragement or prayer, please reach out to us by texting 864-288-1626. Or you can find out more information at our website, hope at crossroads.org. Spread the word to your friends. Let them know they can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Videos of our messages are also online at hope at crossroads.org. And now, Here's this week's podcast. I'm going to ask our West Virginia and Dominican team to come on up and grab a seat up here. We'll kind of continue sharing a few testimonies with you this morning. Oh, wow. Hope your heart's been encouraged already. The Lord is at work. Amen. Maybe he's not at work over in this section. I'm not sure. I can't tell. I hope he is. The Lord is at work. He's at work. And uh, he's working through you and our church family and around the world. And you're going to be hearing that not just in uh, Greer, South Carolina, but in West Virginia, the Dominican, and all over the planet. And uh, I've asked Pastor Jim, is he, there he is, to come kick us off and share a little bit about our West Virginia trip and then a few others. And then we'll shift into our Dominican team. So Pastor Jim, come, come share with us. Greetings from the wild West Virginia. <laughs> That's the sign at the state line. Jack told me to hold it three minutes. I'll try. Uh, have a hard time telling my name, date of birth, in that period of time. But uh, the Lord called me in February to mission in West Virginia. And there's a long reason for that. I won't share it. But uh, I didn't know a soul, didn't know a place to go. But I told the Lord, if you want me to go, then you lead me to the poorest section in West Virginia. So he led me to the bottom purple MacDowell County. Borders on Virginia and the corner of Kentucky. Those people are desperately poor. So in March, I went up there on what to call a vision trip. Spent a whole week. Met some people. And we visited this little place. It was a dilapidated what used to be a Methodist church. We call it Ritter Holler. And the lady who runs that had made Easter baskets for, she said, all the kids of the families who come and get food at her mission. And she had 50 baskets. And I said, where do these kids all go to school, uh, church? She said, majority of them don't. So the Lord spoke to me and said, we need to have a Bible school right here. Well, after a visit by Lewis and Richard and Paul, they said, this is not practical. And my zeal 
took over my better judgment, and after we thought about it, it wasn't practical. So it wasn't long in a few days, a friend of mine called me and said, Tildy is concerned, and she and I had been talking about organizing the Bible school and how we were going to do it. We'd had to done it outside under tents. And they only had one restroom, and the only way you could flush it is carry a bucket of water from the creek. And she said, I have tried to get people to agree to bring their kids to Bible school. She said, I can't get nobody to say they'll let their kids come. They don't know you. People up there are different than us. They have a hard time accepting outsiders. They've been taken advantage of all their life and all their parents' and grandparents' lives they were taken advantage of. So until they get to know you, they just plain won't have anything to do with you. But I had gotten acquainted with Pastor Ricky up at another little place about seven or eight miles away. The county gave him an old elementary school building. It was all grown up outside. The roof was leaking and still does. And he has, over the years, personally, with a little help from his brother, they've cleaned that place up, sort of, and he's got a little church there now. They have about 20-some. And I said, can we come and do a Bible school? He said, sure. And so Crossroads went. I appreciate all of you who went. You'll never know how much. It was a great answer to my prayer. The Lord has led me to minister to those folks. This was my sixth trip up there since March. Uh, with the help of a lot of you folks and a couple of other locations, we've been able to take over 4,000 pounds of food for those people. And we've got a big, uh, another big load coming up in August. And one trip I took a load of produce. I'll probably do that again soon. And there's a spiritual warfare going on up there. I don't think I have ever felt the spirit of evil like I felt up there. I talked to another guy about it, and he said it's almost like when you cross the state line and you see the sign, Wild West Virginia, the cloud falls in on the place. Satan, for whatever reason, evil is on every hand. And so we had a good Bible school. 15, 16 kids came, I think. One day, I had, I had planned on teaching a Bible study of, on Sunday night, Monday night, and Tuesday night, which I did. I had taught Bible study once before, uh, and those people are hungry for the Scripture. 
Pastor Ricky told me, he said, nobody has ever come to West Virginia and taught us the Bible. And those people who came there, I think there's 17 people came the first time I had a study. Those people were like, they were sitting on the edge of their seat and they were soaking it up like I have never experienced in all my lifetime. Having preached and pastored and taught and taught school and uh, taught at AB Tech and all of that, I've never seen anybody who was more receptive to the word. And I talked an hour and 45 minutes. You see why I say I'm long-winded. And when I got through, some of them asked the pastor, how come he quit so soon? Their church services last about three hours. They just can't get enough of it. It's amazing. And Lord being my helper, I'm going up there again next Sunday after church. And I'm going to start a week-long Bible study. I'm going to do a morning session and an evening session. My plans are to try to do the whole book of Hebrews. I don't know where I can do it or not. I'm going to attempt it. But unemployment is terrible. It's the highest, they said, of anywhere in the whole USA is race sale, that zip code. People have nothing. People are hungry not only for food, but for the scriptures. And they're hungry for the Lord. And the Lord is working. I don't know what he's going to accomplish, but I can feel him working up there. You all should have heard Jack preach that Sunday morning. (laughs) He did a marvelous job. But... They have all kind of needs. Uh, I'm going to confine what I do personally to helping organize places to do food drives. Right now I have 12 places, churches and other places who have committed to do food drives. And I've got three more possibilities goal is to do one a month and if we can do more than that we'll do two a month. They can use it. And it is hard work. It's not easy. There's not a good place to stay. The cooking facilities are Minimum, to say the least. And a lot of work is needed. And Lewis Mayfield is going to head that up and coordinate that. So if you're interested in going up there and help do anything, see Lewis. He'll line you up. He's going to coordinate that. 
two or three people in the church have mentioned they want to go. Uh, another couple of places have got some people who said they all want to go. And Lewis is going to coordinate that. So I want to tell you, though, there's no of all the things I've ever done in over 50 years of ministry that I have received greater blessings than I've received out of what I have done from West Virginia. So if the Lord impresses you to do something, you do it. You'll get a blessing you cannot understand why. I hope you will. God bless you. Pastor Jack asked me to speak this morning. I was not sure exactly what I was going to say, and I certainly did not know what Pastor Jim was going to say. First thing that comes to my mind based on what Pastor Jim said, Jesus says in the New Testament, the fields are white unto harvest. Who will go? Folks, let me tell you something. Pastor Jim didn't tell you this. We're only four and a half hours away from that area there. Just think, four and a half hours, not even a half a day's drive. And yet those people live in abject poverty. And Elaine, Beth Ann, you could not have sang a more fitting song than what you sang this morning. People need the Lord. Those people need the Lord. The high school dropout rate for boys up there is very high. Most of them do not finish high school. The girls do. The boys don't. So what are they going to do whenever they <clears throat> are no longer in school? They're just a few years away. If they're 12, 13, they're probably already close to using drugs or alcohol already. You say, well, they're underage. It doesn't matter. There's a feeling of hopelessness up there, and that's why Pastor Jim was emphasizing they're hungry. They're hungry for hope. They're hungry for the hope that Jesus can give them. And my takeaway from that is it gave me a greater appreciation for what God has blessed me with and God has blessed us with. But at the same time, there's something else that came to my mind. We have areas like that right here within 10 miles of our church. I could take you to places on White Horse Road right now that look, just, that are, look like bombed-out shelters. There's a job there. And Pastor Jim's going back to teach the Bible. Those folks are hungry for the Bible. It's like he said, he did not plan to teach in the mornings whenever he taught. But those women would come and bring their grandchildren and children, and they would just sit and listen. They're hungry. And I know myself, I need that same hunger in my life. But it was an eye-opening experience to see that. And I want to say I appreciate the church, appreciate them allowing me to do that. One of the things that it did for me, I'm used to working with adolescents, not children. Nothing against children, but that's just my comfort zone. But being helping with Bible school, I stepped out of my comfort zone, and it was a real blessing. And there are three little girls that come to my mind <clears throat> that they had the sweetest smile, Cheyenne and Autumn. And Abigail, <clears throat> but Autumn especially came across my mind because she was a little girl, a little red-haired girl. And the first morning we had Bible school, she would just clung to her mother like you wouldn't believe, was almost afraid to be by herself. 
But by, by the second day, she was right in there playing along with the rest of them. And it was a blessing to see the joy on those children's faces. But I would say that we need to pray for those children as much as we need to pray for the adults. Because if we don't get the Lord to them, then I just don't know. It's like Pastor Jim said, there's a spiritual warfare there, and you can feel it. You can feel it in the air. And the only hope they have is Jesus Christ. And so I want to thank you for allowing me to go. It was an eye-opening experience for me. It's the first time I had been on a mission trip, and it was eye-opening. And I just pray God will use me today and in the future, and that I can go on another one to help spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, because that's really what it's all about. The only hope I have is Jesus. The only hope those folks have is Jesus Christ. Can you guys hear me? Okay, awesome. Um, I'm so glad that I got to go to West Virginia. It was really a great couple days. Um, I think the thing that probably stood out to me the most was the amount of spiritual warfare that there was. I mean, from the moment that we got out of the car to the moment that we left, um, people getting sick, um, just a tangible spirit of oppression um, in that place. And so it was a privilege to go um, and pray for these people and share the gospel with them. And I feel like our team was such a great picture of the body of Christ and how we all have different talents, different gifts, um, different, um, different things from the Lord that when you put us all together, it just really works. <laughs> um, Alicia knows. That's why I'm looking at her. And so uh, it really was a great week. Um, we prayed some people out of the building. Um, and just really saw the Lord move. Um, I had the privilege to work with the kids, with Alicia and Hannah, um, and some of the other women. Lyle, have y'all ever seen Lyle dance? Because I, I was kind of, I was shocked. <laughs> this guy can move. Um, so we had a great time. The first day we had, I think, like five or six kids. And then the very last day, we had over 20 kids. I don't know where they came from. I don't know. They just started coming in. Uh, and so we were really happy to have them. Um, and a lot of awesome connections were made. Uh, and the gospel was shared, which is the most important thing. So overall, awesome few days. Um, I think the most evident thing was the power of the Lord. Uh, and that whenever he calls you to something, the enemy will always be right there to try to combat it. So, but prayer is powerful. And we already know who's um, won. The victory is ours. So, yeah, that's it. privilege to go to both West Virginia and the DR. Um, and it was amazing. At first with West Virginia, you know, you had all these thoughts and talk. And um, finally, I heard that, um, you know, with Jack going up and he was, he was like, it's okay. And Richard, you know, it's, it's okay. We're going to be okay. So I had to trust. And I trusted. And I went. And um, I served with awesome people. Lauren is a powerhouse of prayer. As soon as I would say something, she was right there behind me praying. And um, we were able to use our gifts in, in different ways. Lyle was my biggest fan. Um, <laughs> he made me feel so good. 
Um, but it was, it was neat to see how the Holy Spirit was working. And um, there, there's a lot of needs. And um, as a teacher, you want to go, definitely, and help with reading. And so that's, I thoroughly enjoyed that mission trip. That mission trip empowered me to go to the DR. And um, it was an honor to work with the team that I worked with. And um, guys, <laughs> we're doing it all wrong. And I'm coming back pitying, pitying us. Because we teach our children, I teach children, that there's God the Father, God the Son, and there's God the Holy Spirit. And um, the Holy Spirit will convey to you if it's right or wrong, if people are acting out of emotion and not the true Holy Spirit. That's how you know. The Holy Spirit confirms. Okay? Every time... West Virginia or the DR, when someone speaks over you and when you pray, God confirmed it. And so we knew that the Holy Spirit was real. And we talk about these long worship services, and I didn't want to leave the DR. People were being called out of seats and standing up and being spoken over. They are warriors for Christ. And I think about our kids. Yeah, we got them, you know, feel good. But are they warriors? I mean, we know the end, right? We've got to hide scripture in them. We have to teach them to become warriors. Well, that's what the Dominicans do. They open up their houses to people that they don't even know. They give you a chair while they stand they want to talk to you and know about you. Do we do that? Do I do that? There's so much things that I still have to process. It was an honor. Thank you for giving money for my family to go. And Jeff told us last night, or he told me, he said, I just don't think this is going to be the last time we're going back. And I was like, no, my heart is still on that mountain. And my heart is still there for many, many reasons. But there's one thing that I took both of them. I took West Virginia and the DR, and I don't even have my glasses to read. But I was looking, and West Virginia has chickens <laughs> and chicken fights. The DR, they've got chickens running around like crazy, too. Dogs, dogs. And then I start thinking love, love, hope. And hope just, you know, stuck out the word hope. And the hope is in Jesus Christ. And we are a lot alike, a lot. And I, I mean, missions is right in our back door. And let me tell you, you don't know what's in that field right there. Because we may look good on the outside, but there still may be people living in cars. All right? Just because they go to Southside or some of these prominent schools, there's still a need. There's still a need in our area. And um, 
I just wanted, I guess that's, that's all I have to say for now because I, I don't even know all the words, but thank you. And that the same God, <laughs> he's the same God of the DR, West Virginia in here. And we need to use that Holy Spirit because we have that power. And we just sit back and get immune to things. And oh, how, how I wish that, that we could worship like them. So even when it feels like it's different and scary and you don't know what to do, then you just pray. And you just let the Lord work. And he will show you and he confirms. He confirms it. If it's real or not. So I would like to just ask for more prayer. Prayer for us. And sex trafficking is real. It's real over there. But you know what? It's real on Windorf Road. And it's big. And we all have to see what our job is. And what God has called us to do. Because there is a need in our whole entire world. And um, just step out. And I'm glad that I did. And once again, I tell you, Jack's family rocks. (laughs) And you guys rock. And I hope and pray that I will be able to serve again with you in some capacity. Because it was an honor. It was an honor. And it's an honor to be here to be able to worship an almighty God that I don't give enough credit to. So just thank you. Good morning. Um, I'm going to talk about the Dominican Republic trip. Um, at first, I really didn't want to go. I was like, shoot, got to go. Have my first flight, first out-of-country mission trip, being away from home for, like, a long ways away, <laughs> being with people I didn't know, second youngest. I mean, I just really didn't want to go. And then maybe the flight there was like, okay, this is actually happening. <laughs> And then we went there, we had, what was the place in the hotel? We went to Rio Vista, slept there, you know, next day. We hiked up a mountain. That was a really steep mountain, man. <laughs> um, and we went up to this little mountain village, and we had VBS, understood just a little bit of Spanish, not, not, a, not a lot. And I was thinking about these kids, man, like, they really have nothing up there. I felt so bad for them. But then I'm like, here we are, just relying on stuff. And down there, they're just relying on Jesus, raising warriors. And we're just here raising church members. I mean, what I saw down there was way different than here. Like, we just come here for two hours. And up there, they're there calling out people, like my mom said. They're screaming, praising Jesus, and just... That was mind blowing. <laughs> and um, we had a movie night in Valador. And this little girl, maybe like six or seven, I guess, 
don't know. She looked over to me. Heath was holding her. <laughs> and she was just looking at me, smiling. I could just see, like, her eyes were sliding up. And we were watching. I knew it was the Super Bible. And we were just watching there. All the kids were just sitting there watching. It was like, wow. They hardly get to see this. And here I'm just raised up in the church, Christian school, everything. And it was just amazing. But, yeah. Good morning, y'all. Um, so I just want to say thank you. I'm not trying not to cry. <laughs> I want to say thank you to Diane and Steve for providing supplies. And thank you for my dad for letting me go because I had to bribe him for it. <laughs> I remember in December during the testimonies, I looked at him and I was like, I'm going. And in my head, I was like, I don't care what answer you give me, I'm going. <laughs> but I think one of the biggest things that stood out to me that even though there's a language barrier, <laughs> those kids, they make sure that you understand them and that they understand you. And they want to teach you things. I had this little girl, we were coloring, and she was taking the crayon and she was telling me what color it was in Spanish. And she pointed where to put it. And it just, it just, I don't know. It was so cute, and it just made me just really appreciate a lot of things. And then one of the services, there was this little girl who was crying up front. And I just went up there, and I just hugged her because I didn't know what else to do. And we just sat there, and we just cried together. And she just hugged me back so tight. And I was like, these people have so much love, and I want to radiate that love to people. And then, going off the whole, we're raising church members and they're raising warriors, but at the same time, we're very similar, I think, and that we're all a part of God's church, even though they're, we don't look the same, we don't speak the same language, and I just, I'm very thankful for that experience. I'm going to try to stay on script, so I've wrote down a few notes here. Uh, first of all, this, going to the Dominican, is a, it's a well-oiled machine that I didn't see until I went down there. And, and a lot of it's because of this staff here and uh, what they do, the preparation they made, and Jack, Lauren, the others that have been down there for multiple times. But things that I'm worried about, you know, I, I see a map, and I'm like, well, where am I going to be at? I want to set a ping. I want to be able to tell everybody this is where my last sighting was when they, they're looking for me. And, 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 but once you get off of that ping, I have no idea where we were at. It's just uh, hard to know where you're at right in the back of a cattle car. But, uh, that's, but uh, before I get started, I'd like everybody to – got a question I want to ask you, but I'd like everybody to just close your eyes for about 10 seconds and answer this question. What does it mean to you to be a Christian? Just think on that for about 10 seconds. What does it mean for you to be a Christian? Okay. Uh, Liz gave us a little journal like we had time to, to write in it every day. We're so, I mean, 
we as old people, at nine o'clock we were ready to crash. And uh, so, uh, you know, and we didn't, I don't mind getting up early, but, but I'll tell you, anyway, it's hard to write, but the first day, this is, she gave us these little journals to try to write in. I put, my first re recording was, made it to the DR, staying in a nice facility with approximately 25 other people, praying God will use us, whatever we may have to offer, to help one soul come to know you. So thankful. And that was it. Um, you're never too old to go. You're never too old to pray or give. Uh, Jack, I mean, uh, you set the bar high. I mean, I, I thought, well, if I could do it till I'm this age, but Lord of mercy, now I got, I got, to, I got to do it till I'm 86. Is that right? And so uh, he set the set the bar high. Uh, I want to say thanks also. While I'm here to uh, from Heath, and I've already said something to Corey, but um, these guys, Liz and um, Peyton, they just I don't know how many times if I had a dollar for every time somebody asked me, Are "You okay? You okay? Everything? You doing okay?" I'd probably have at least a hundred dollars just in the short time I'm there because I don't know how many times I was asked that and I appreciate it more than you know um, I'll never forget the smells the sights the sounds of the Dominican Republic uh, I'll never forget seeing people rummage through a landfill looking for food or clothing items or something to drink or something of value it's just it's just humbling I'll, I'll never forget walking down the streets of uh, the little town we were in, Sasusa, at nighttime around the red light district, seeing little girls that are my granddaughter's age and up trying to sell themselves on the streets for a little bit of money. Uh, I'll never forget that as long as I live. I'll never forget going to a worship service and seeing. God in action and feeling his Holy Spirit and feeling the presence of the Lord, even though I don't understand a word that's being said, I know in my heart what's going on. Uh, I'll never forget to see these people, the ones our staff, who can speak the language praying over young prostitutes, trying to change a life. I'll never forget we went to the mountaintop the, the, the second day we were there. Uh, and it's a, it was a tough, tough hike. I'm, I'm all into trying to do things just that are physical. I'm, I'm, I'd rather do that than to pour out my emotions on people. I'd rather do, do things. I think I'm task-oriented more. But we got to the top of the mountain, and there was a worship service up there, a Bible study, I think is what it was. And then there also was like a... Uh, like a uh, Bible school for kids, or and uh, but the journey up the mountain took me about an hour and a half to climb climb that mountain, and it was tough. But I was reminded that that's kind of how life is. You know, you just keep plugging along regardless of how tough it is, and uh, God will make a way. He'll, and it's not just being up on top of the mountain, but it's our journey through life as we go. Uh, he says He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And, um, and I believe that if you ever think that you don't have something or woe is me, get one of those days where you wake up and say, man, woe is me, 
Believe you me, there's people all over this world that are so, so much worse off than we are. It's just, it's just unbelievable. Um, I'm going to close with this. The, uh, the, the, the guy that drove our bus, I don't even know his name. I, 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 but he, he had a T-shirt on the day before we left. He stands about this tall, and he drove us all over the place. And they drive like, well, they drive like they've been there. And uh, Jack was close <laughs> to doing that. But, he, but anyway, the T-shirt says, I'm Pedro doing Pedro things. And I, I just got a sense of humor. I thought that was just the funniest thing. I mean, there's Pedro doing Pedro things. And I'm thinking, you know what? It'd be good if we all had shirts that says, I'm a Christian. Doing Christian things. The things that I thought of, of, of what it meant to be a Christian, is love, to give, to pray, and to go. So how can God use you? I ask you that as I close. How can God use you? Amen. I get to try to put a bow on all that real quick because I know some of you are looking at your clock. Pretend like you're in the Dominican Republic. We'll be here another two hours. Uh... I won't spend a lot of time sharing about uh, what I experienced and what God taught me the last couple of weeks. West Virginia, Dominican, Malawi coming up next week. Uh, I hope and pray that it will come out uh, in my life over the next several weeks and months as well as in the sermons. Uh, I, will, I will tell you this. Uh, by the way, if you are visiting, we normally do have a sermon. And we did have one this morning. We actually had several. So I hope you were listening. Uh, I just took a couple of notes about what some of our friends said, and, um, and there were a lot more people on our team that went. If they had shared, we'd be, we would be here several hours, uh, and our summer staff, our summer staff here for Crossroads and for the Dominican are back uh, this morning, so make sure you say hello to them, Peyton and uh, Liz and Lauren. But the couple things I would just share with you uh, as we wrap up this morning, uh, and I think somebody said this, the thought that I had this week uh, watching and in West Virginia as well, is uh, are we raising church members or are we raising warriors for Christ? There's a big difference. In the Dominican Republic, some of the comments that some of our team were making when you would see children sit in Bible school with, uh, with no video screens and no animated cartoon characters not a lot of entertainment, but just God's Word, somebody preaching and teaching, and the kids, young kids sitting there for hours. And some of them said, how in the world are they, why would they sit here for hours, and why would they be so attentive? And they're so attentive because they know if they don't find some other option for life, they will wind up, as Sonny was saying, out on the street selling themselves. You kind of pay more attention when those are your options. And... Um, I thought about that one night back at the lodge. I thought, you know what, they're so intentional because they know the outcome for these kids will be that if they don't get the gospel. But, you know, the reality is we know what the outcome will be for everyone who doesn't get the gospel. And it's called hell. It's called hell. Eternal separation from the creator of the world. That should be motivation enough, right? Uh, and so over the next few weeks, I just want to prepare you. Because uh, some, of, some of you think I'm pretty edgy. 
Maybe I am, I don't know. I don't think I am. But over the last couple of weeks, uh, God has uh, turned up the temperature in my heart that we don't have time to waste. Emily mentioned this about our kids, about our children. One of the reasons that I, uh, I think our leadership, and hopefully you as well, will be uh, unashamed at what some of the future vision God is giving us to do when it comes to reaching people in this community, and especially children. Uh, the reason we should be unashamed and, and just pedal to the metal, full speed ahead to do that is because our culture has an agenda to steal the hearts of our young people and our kids. When they walk out of these doors, fluff, won't, fluff will not get them through life. They need the absolute truth of God's word. And Emily is exactly correct. For most of us, being a Christian hasn't cost us anything. For this generation, it's going to cost them something. May cost them a job, may cost them friends, may cost them their life when you see the way our country is headed. So I don't know about you, but the, the pressure or the, the, the conviction that God's given me over the last few weeks is we have got to raise up warriors for Jesus. And that's what we need to be about. So I hope you'll pray with me about that. I don't know what that's going to look like in our church, what we'll need to change, what we'll need to tweak. I don't know. That's just uh, hot off the press from what God's placed on my heart. But I hope and pray that we'll be ready for what he wants to do. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, I thank you. I thank you for our church family. I thank you for many in this church who give sacrificially. And if they didn't give sacrificially, there would be no money to do things like missions. Lord, missions is not just getting on a truck and going to West Virginia or a plane and going to the Dominican Republic. Missions is when we walk out of the doors of this facility today, will we be on mission for you? Will we share Jesus with our neighbors, our co-workers, our family? That's being on mission. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would tune in our hearts to you. Lord, for most of us, for most of our kids, for most of our grandkids, if they don't hear about Jesus, their future probably won't be on the streets selling themselves. But the reality is, for all of us that don't know Jesus, the The future is far worse than that. It's being separated from a God who loves us forever and ever. Lord, I pray that you would remind us that people do need the Lord. We get so overwhelmed and so involved in our own personal things of life, and that's normal. Lord, I pray that you would help us tune into you. I pray that you'd help me, Jesus, please, to lay aside every encumbrance as Paul talks about everything that would entangle me and keep me from running the race of following you and to keep at the forefront the priority that people need the Lord I want to ask you right there in your seat this morning would you just continue to pray and ask the Lord a couple questions I so appreciate the question that Sonny asked you to ask yourself what does it mean to be a Christian I would ask this morning as well, are, are you a Christian? Maybe you find yourself in this church today. Maybe you've been here for years, decades. Or maybe today's your first Sunday. And you don't know the love of Jesus Christ. You've never received that free gift of salvation. Today, I would just ask you, if you've never done that, just say, Lord, I, I, I'm a sinner. I'm I've messed up and I need the grace and the love of Jesus Christ to save me and to change me, to transform me. 
If you need to do that today, would you just do that right there in your seat, in the quietness of this moment? Say, Lord, take me as you find me. All my fears, all my failures, I surrender them to you. Because you're mighty to save. Would you do something in my heart today? In just a minute, we're going to have a closing song. And if you prayed that prayer in your heart today for the first time and you need to know the reality of knowing Jesus, I want to ask you when we begin to sing, just to come down the, the aisle here to the front. I'll take your hand. Heath, our student pastor, teaching pastor, he'll be here to take your hand. We'd love to pray with you. For the vast majority of us, we know the Lord today. And maybe God, through the people that have shared today, has convicted your heart that you need to be on mission. Maybe you'd come down this morning and say, you know what? God's moved on my heart that I need to share Christ with this friend. Or I need to rearrange priorities in my family. Or I need to sign up for the next mission trip. I, I don't know what God said to you today. Would, would you be obedient? Father, I pray you'd have your way during our closing song of invitation. Your Holy Spirit would speak and we would respond in obedience. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you quickly stand? We're going to sing this song together. If you need to respond, I'd ask you to come down front and grab one of us by the hand as we give thanks to the Lord today. thanks this morning because he is good he is good we're so grateful for him would you just bow your heads and let's just pray together as you're praying let's just pray
I'm going to ask if you would just to quietly and reverently, if you would just to sit down and if you guys would just continue to play. You know, church family, I, I, we don't have to uh, have a 90-minute service for the Holy Spirit to show up. That's not the point. But I sometimes wonder if we are so programmed in our thinking that our programming and mindset pretty much tell the Holy Spirit sorry we don't have room for you today your crock pot await your lunch await As I was flying home, I thought, I asked our staff and some of the team, what, what, what do we need to change to be more like the Dominican Republic? Not to be like the Dominican Republic, but to be more open to the Holy Spirit moving. Because we're different. We're a different culture. We don't have to do it like they do. But why is it the Spirit of God seems to be showing up all over the globe except America? Maybe the church is the problem. The church is also the answer and the solution, though. I pray that you know the Lord Jesus Christ. That your name is not just on the Crossroads Church Road, but you really know Jesus Christ. In just a little while, I'll be getting in the car. If we ended our video, if we haven't, thank you guys for joining us by video. Check out our messages online. Amen. Keep praying. Okay, you can end it. Sorry, that's good for love. Sorry. In just a few minutes, I'll be getting in the car driving to Spartanburg to talk with my mom. Who I found out just a couple of days ago was in the hospital. Esophageal cancer they've discovered. Yesterday she wasn't able to talk a lot because there were other people in there. So today I'll find out what the real truth is of what's going on with her health. Folks, at that moment, we really know what we really believe or if everything else is make-believe, a fairy tale, or fluff, or Santa Claus stories. And the only thing that gives me comfort, regardless of what the outcome is, I don't know, I'll find out in a few hours, but the only thing that gives me comfort is knowing she knows Jesus Christ. Her future is secure. It's settled. Whatever we find out. And there's some of you maybe in this room that don't know that you know that you know that you know that you know. I'm not asking you, are you a member of Crossroads Baptist Church? I'm asking you, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you know that if you get in your car today and God forbid something happens that takes you off the planet, you will be in the next moment standing before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? That's the question I'm asking. I know the answer for that for my mom and my dad and me. Do you know? Do you know? Some of you right now have sweat probably building up so bad because you're so you're, you're, you're hoping, and I'm not going to do this today. But you heard in the Dominican Republic what they do is they start walking down the aisle, asking the Holy Spirit to speak to them and pray to them. 
and reveal to them things. And they start picking people out of the aisle just saying, God has told me, I feel like you need to hear this word or this, going, this is going on with you. In North America, I know that would freak us out. But maybe the Holy Spirit of God would show up and work in our hearts and work in our churches. Say, Pastor Jack, do you think the Holy Spirit's not working here? No, I do think the Holy Spirit's working here. That's why I'm saying this. I want the Holy Spirit to keep working here. It's not about the pastor or the preacher. It's about do we know Jesus? So friend, if you don't, then I'm going to be hanging around at the end of the service. Please don't get in the car. Please don't leave this building if you don't know Jesus. Say, I can do that right here at my seat. I can settle that later. Can you? Can you settle that later? Are you promised tomorrow? Are you promised the next moment? You're not. Neither am I. If I drop dead in the next 60 seconds, I know where I'm going to be. Do you? See, Jack, you're intense. I am. Because I love you. I love you. I want you to know Jesus. Some of you have friends and family members that you know don't know Christ. What are we waiting for? Are we waiting for the perfect moment to sit down and share Jesus with them? Are we waiting until everything's great? Are we waiting until the next family reunion? Do you know that they're, you know if they're going to be at the next family reunion? They may not be. Some of you need to pick up the phone. Some of you need to leave. Don't even go to small group. You need to leave. Get in your car and go see that person that God's placed on your mind and say, Do you know Jesus? Because everything else that we do, and some of you who have experienced family members with cancer and lost spouses, you know what I'm talking about. When that moment comes, all the other cares of the world fade into the background and you're reminded about the only thing that is important is do we know Jesus. So I love you today. I know we've gone long. I love you. Father, I love you. Thank you, Alan. Father, we give you today. I do pray again, Lord, if there's any person here who doesn't know Jesus. Lord, I pray you take away any shame, any embarrassment, any condemnation, because we know where that's coming from. That's coming from the enemy. If your spirit speak into their heart, Lord, I pray they would surrender everything to you. Go with us as we go into our small group time and our time of study together. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would continue the binding together of this church family in unity and love so that we're built up in our faith so when the world throws things at at us, it just bounces off. Not because we're strong, but because you're strong. And you live in us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. We hope you've been challenged and inspired from today's message from Crossroads. You can find out more about the message you have heard today by visiting our website, hope at crossroads.org. If you live in the upstate South Carolina area and you're looking for a church home, we hope you'll come by and visit sometime. Details about our church and service times can also be found online. 
The last year has been one of chaos and confusion, and we know many have become isolated and lonely. You can get Pastor Jack's new book, The Loneliness Solution, Finding Meaningful Connection in a Disconnected World, a great resource that will help you or you can give to a friend who might be struggling. This resource is also available at hope at crossroads.org. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again next week.